0: Hello, players who are always trying to fuck the BBEG.
1: And DMs who cannot figure out how to make your party fucking party.
0: (laughs) Welcome back to Table Talk. I'm Maddie. And I'm Robert. What are we talking about today?
1: Uh, Today we are going to talk about character relationships. Um, This one's probably going to be a little bit more of a player heavy episode just because I've kind of wanted that. I feel like I've been yapping and yipping a lot just because I. Shut the fuck up! A lot to say, a lot of knowledge swimming up here, you know what I'm saying, I always feel like I gotta be the last person in the room. Not really, I love hearing people's perspectives, otherwise I wouldn't be on a fucking podcast with another person, <laughs> I would just do something by myself. But I'm not. Uh, but the whole point of today's episode is to talk about sort of the, the dynamics between players at the table, how to make relationships between PCs, uh, also how to, I think, from the DM's perspective, my little bit of two cents in this is gonna be how to... Uh, craft and maintain relationships between NPCs and PCs which I think Mm -hmm. is is very difficult because uh, unless you are um, fully into like yeah you are every person you've ever role played as as a DM like you are just fully multiple personality disorder but like it's it goes beyond being an actor though man because it's like At at a table, at any given table, a DM could be like six different people over the course of two hours, and every one of those people has to be fully different from the next. And yes, actors can do that and do that all the time, but I think as a DM, when you're also directing, it's like if you had your director out there, and that director, on top of directing the whole show, uh, was also playing six different characters in his own play, each which had its own voice, its own accent, its own... Lin Manuel Miranda does a great that's, example of this. I was going to say, you're saying this, but he doesn't direct the thing while he's playing in the thing. That's literally, I do want
0: to say, that's literally my dream. Like if I got to choose what yeah. I did in theater, that's what I would no, do. No,
1: that's so valid. But I'm you get I'm to not- write everything and direct it at the same time, yeah. and then also be an actor and be yeah. all your favorite parts. I,
0: I get to wear all that. I'm also a whole another category of human yeah. being. No, i just, yeah. I, I'm an interesting uh, person. That would
1: stress me the fuck out. But yeah, that's. I mean, that's pretty much where my two cents ends and begins, man. It's just difficult to yeah. try and. Especially trying to figure out how to fucking manage relationships between NPCs, because at the end of the day, it's all the same person. Yeah. Like, yeah, I can write different character motivations and different this and different that and whatever the fuck, but like, it's still me.
0: Yeah. And I think it's, it just in general, I mean, not even from just a DM's perspective is it being difficult. I think it's difficult across the board of like a thing to manage, um, because g- there's just relationships in any sort of form in general. Cause there's like the whole idea. And like, at least I see all of the like fucking memes that I see on the internet about like D and D are like all these jokes about like D and D is just like a thinly veiled excuse to flirt with your friends. Or like, if you're not flirting with your friends in D and D, are you even playing the game and blah, blah, blah. And I think that's true for a lot of tables. That is not the energy at our <laughs> specific table. um, Just because of the nature of, uh, the group of people that we are playing with uh, in our friend group—that's just no. That's they they, so they are far from the rate
1: of human interaction.
0: Um, yeah, it it is, and that is also something that's also kind of like they run I run from it. Truly, I think those are the two extremes of the D D tables. At least that's something that like I've experienced in my own time playing DD Because when I was playing at um, another table briefly, uh, all of us were like flirting with each other, and it was like a whole thing. Uh, and then sometimes you have you go to other tables, and it's like. Tr- I I I'm sorry. I cannot let that go unsaid. Robert has been sitting here trying to eat those little like mandarin orange cups and like drink the juice out of them. And I'm telling you right now, this man is covered in mandarin orange juice. It is in his My beard. Whole fucking it's sleep, on his dude. shirt. Yeah, it's
1: it a is. little everywhere. It's okay though.
0: I was trying to get through this without saying anything, no, you're but
1: good. it was. I figured at some point you'd mention it in some way or another.
0: It was bad. Um, yeah. But I think that, like, sometimes at tables, it's a little bit more of, like, you-, you have to put a little bit more effort in you. A little bit more, like, try into making those mm-hmm. kind of, like, inner party relationships work in any way. Because I think... It-
1: Interesting enough, I think talking about the difference between being an actor and being a D and D player is that at least as an actor, that shit is written.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know. No, and I think that's the biggest difference between like being an actor and like playing D and D is that when you're an actor, you everything like is an given. Unwritten
1: to you. play where the director yeah. is giving you real time instructions about it's, how the world is interacting with you, and you got to yeah. make the script up on your own.
0: It's like having improv with a director.
1: It's fucking insane. Um, it's insanity.
0: Which oh my I it I'm not I'm not a, gonna get into not that.
1: to toot our own horns but it requires an awful lot of fucking talent man <laughs> especially to do it well <laughs> <laughs> you kidding me sorry I no I think I think D and D and role playing and the whole fucking act of it it's I hard. think requires a hell of a lot of talent I
0: will say I'm gonna go back on like when I was in middle school
1: uh, back when I was in middle school not
0: even middle school I'm I'm gonna be full honest back up until 2020 uh, maybe in a little bit into 2021. Um, you know, sometimes you're weird and you're on the internet and you find other people that are weirder on the internet and uh-huh. you like also are on Discord and you know sometimes Blech. you get involved in some like communities yeah. where you are uh-huh. creating some cool art uh-huh. uh, and then
1: see I thought it was going in the route of sometimes you get involved in some communities where you're role playing
0: that's where it's going Robert.
1: Uh-huh. See, I'm thinking. I'm thinking of yeah,
0: not like sexually.
1: See, that's where I was thinking. No, you know, like you troll around on the internet, you meet some people on Omegle. You I hop think in it's like almost chats, and then it's I like one thing wish, leads to another. It's gonna sound and,
0: bad. I almost wish it was a sexual thing because I feel like it's more embarrassing if it's not.
1: <laughs> no, that's you no. Know, so it's like
0: no. I'm yeah, just we like, live in a world where like you can fucking. We're just role playing you know, like a healthy to. friendship with <laughs> with someone. <laughs> Like
1: oh, role playing a healthy relationship is wild.
0: Like dead ass, that's uh, what I was doing. Uh, along with like other like really cool stories. It was basically D and D without the dice. We were just creating the story ex- with multiple players.
1: Experienced a healthy relationship in real life too. It's like how the fuck are you supposed to? Then... I
0: wasn't even going there. Wow. No, but like, okay. truly, if
1: you've never experienced like that particular kind of relationship, how the fuck are you supposed to then replicate it at the table without seeming like totally off guard and in like way out of your depth? Yeah. Key example, we've talked about this particular player whose dad, Batman, he's so far removed from that kind of personality and those yeah. experiences that he just like struggles just to dead. to replicate that yeah. personality.
0: Uh, but I think the biggest thing before like talking and like delving into like the idea of like how to navigate these relationships. Sorry, and, like, how we have
1: notes. Work. I can't jump too far in them.
0: I like having notes. Uh, it keeps me on track. Um... Just kind of like the first thing that I, and these are just guidelines. You don't have to stick to that. You are putting so many, like, of these fucking mandarin oranges in your mouth at once.
1: Can you just go down the list? (laughs) Okay. Instead of yelling at me for jumping too far ahead.
0: So I was just gonna, I'm not yelling at you. I'm just like, we don't have to follow it exactly. I just, these are points that I wanted to talk about. Um, But I wanted to talk about kind of like the idea of like just checking in with people because I think that that's like the first step. Um, And this just kind of goes in general. Um, when you're just, because t- you're going to, d- inter-party relationships are going to happen. Mm-hmm. They have to happen. You're, I mean, well, we did a campaign where they damn near didn't happen, which was impressive to go yeah, that long. I don't
1: think I've ever seen a party not party that way before. That's why I picked my intro, because I was thinking about how fucking impossible it was yeah. to get my first party to be a party. To, like, to interact they with each They never other. liked each other. They never talked to one another. They very rarely, if ever, shared personal information. Yeah. A few people would crack jokes, and that was about as far as it went.
0: Yeah. It, it was, some insults were thrown.
1: I think the most mutual it ever got was, um, if you die, I have a higher chance of dying. And if we're doing the math on this one... <laughs> Keeping you alive is the best way to keep me alive.
0: That was the general feeling that everyone had towards Magnolia. For It like, truly
1: felt like I had dropped. I mean, it, it, I kind of did, though, which is funny enough. If It was like if you dropped a bunch of people on an island and said your only way off the island
0: is if one, you is work with bitch. one another.
1: Yeah, As if you work with each other.
0: Yeah, Um. Uh, but.
1: And then none of you fucking talk to one another. You yeah. just got through the experience, yeah, was, you know. Really-
0: so we're we're working on fixing that awful going lot
1: forward. like college roommates
0: truly and, yeah so this is <laughs> this is how to make your party not feel like college roommates um, oh Jesus and we've talked before about like how to like it be a good player and like interact with other players mm-hmm. so we've like kind of hit those points but this is gonna get kind of more into the nitty-gritty and just like check in with the people that you're playing with yeah. um talk and about see what they talk about what's going on yeah see what they want I think it's if it's something where like you're playing a bunch of characters that are very varied. Um, or something. It just kind of get an idea. Of be like, hey, is are we cool with like? Do we want our characters to be friends? Mm-hmm. Cool. I know that as a like as a person going into this, and I think there's two ways that you can kind of approach that. You can approach that in character, and you can approach that out of character. I think if you're a more experienced player and you know the people that you're playing with very well, I think that you can do that completely in character. And be like, just have it kind of happen organically and naturally and find where and your like relationship impulses kind of lie Mm -hmm. with different people. However, if you don't know the people that you're playing with very well and if you're kind of just like newer to the game in general, I think it is going to be the most beneficial for you to talk to them out of character and just be like, hey. What are we So your character is like a warlock with like a fiend. Uh, patron and my character is a cleric like a light cleric Uh there's probably going to be some tension there uh, because our like very natures contradict each other yeah do we want to like be antagonistic? Is that an okay thing to do? Or do mm-hmm. we want to like do that? Which can feel a little bit like HRE, but genuinely I think it's gonna help you in the long run. And that's I think something that, that like
1: I think it drops down to another one of your fancy points here, which yeah. is how to encourage difference and non positive relationships without PvP. Yes. Navigating conflict between PCs and even PC to NPCs is so difficult because um, I mean kind of with our first point, you want your party to to party. Like mm-hmm. that's the whole fucking idea, man. I mean, and sometimes it's fun to like pit uh like con like conflicts against one another and in interest and like kinda like the fiend versus cleric thing or like uh like a fucking rogue in a mm-hmm. in a power party with a paladin. Um how do you balance it? And how do you just not have it be combat yeah. and cock block every single and fucking I, encounter? It's tricky.
0: And I've been on both sides of this where I have been the person who Oh yeah, I've
1: has- I've been the person to tell the rogue no. Yeah, like four times in one session, and he got to the point where, like, out of character, he was like, "Bro, let me do something." Yeah, let me play the game.
0: And I'll say I've been on sides of this where I've been a character who has um, not known how to navigate how to uh, my first time playing. I didn't know how to not do P. Nodding,
1: nodding. A I lot. got into
0: a physical altercation with every party member uh, more yep. than once. Um, it was never like a thing that was supposed to, no one would, it was not like a cute thing. It was like, yeah. cool. She you hits just,
1: you. A lot of it is learning how to coexist. I yeah. mean, we, we talked about it in another episode it, learning how to coexist when everyone's the main character is yeah. so impossible. Um, like, and I think you, that
0: that's like really
1: important. How do you make sure your personality doesn't take up the whole fucking session, the whole campaign, yeah. the whole room?
0: Yeah. And I think, I think there's a lot of ways and we're dealing with this kind of like at our, at our current table. And this is something where like me as someone who knows the people that I've been playing at this table with pretty well, we're about to go on vacation together uh, for the second time. And, um, (laughs) Jesus, and also like has been playing with these people for a while. And I consider myself like a pretty decent player. I still like have real life conversations um because there's a character uh i'm playing a character named Nightlight uh with light-based powers ray of fucking sunshine very bubbly and then there's a character named shadow who is a shadow character with a sensitivity to light
1: light and shadow
0: and also is like batman and like beats the shit out of people and tortures them
1: Black and white good and bad
0: um she doesn't think that that's okay and we had a moment at the table where we've like we didn't really have time to do a lot of like inner party, like conversations uh, with each other. And there was a moment where I was like, I don't like what you do. I don't approve of the way you do it. And he went,
1: yeah, no, me too.
0: And then (laughs) Robert was like, (laughs) "I
1: was like, no, can we explore that conversation like a little bit more? Like there was something to be had there."
0: And we had a really cool conversation about it, and we like talked about like why our characters did what they did or thought the way they thought. And then after the session, Mm -hmm. we were talking, we were like, "No, that was really fun. Like I would love to explore the conflict there because these are two characters who get along very well, otherwise." But this is kind of a big hurdle to get over of, like, are you going to be okay with someone who, like, beats the shit out of people?
1: And I, no. think, I think that's when it really starts to become important, um, being, like, both a director and writer, uh, and not just, like, the guy telling the story and pushing the levers and, and pulling the buttons, you mm-hmm. know? Like, sometimes as, as the DM, you do have to step in and go, no, there's, like, this is the script. This yeah. is what you should say. This is the dialogue we're going to follow. This is the route we're going to pursue, uh, because part of your job, and this might sound a little pretentious, part of your job is to know more than your players and to be, like, not a step above them, but just to be vigilant about all of the things happening and not happening. Yeah. And if you know that for the sake of the story or for the plot or for the characters, like, damn, they really should have had that conversation, step in and go, hey, guys, have this conversation. Yeah. Because some players, like the person that was opposite Madison, Um, Are just not gonna be as naturally inclined to pursue that conversation.
0: And that's okay. And sometimes, and like, that's why you have these things in place and why you have a relationship with your DM where they feel comfortable enough to be like, hey, like, kind of dig into that a little bit more. Because I Mm -hmm. think one of the biggest differences between like uh, your table that you play at in the basement versus like, watching the people on dimension 20 or critical role, um, in the, in the way that that like emotional impact lands on those shows versus like at your own table. Sometimes I think truly, truly is going to boil down to your inner party relationships with each other Mm -hmm. because I think if how invested you are, how much effort you've put into it have a relationship with the people that you're playing with, and your character doesn't have a relationship with the other characters at the table, there's nothing really at stake. Like, yeah, the world is at stake. See, that's where
1: it gets difficult, though, because some people aren't going to be able to have the time in real life or even the interest to get to know the other players. Yeah,
0: and it's tricky because we're you know? playing on a campaign where we can only play uh, for so many hours a week, and we, we have limited time with each other. And I we, have- we
1: played more than most fucking tables get played yeah. play. for um, a while. I mean, it was once a like once every week. So that yeah. was come down came out to four times a month. You yeah. know.
0: Um, but at the same time, because of the stuff we were doing, it didn't feel like we had like our downtime was spent talking to each other. And like, yeah. I, I think that one of the biggest like, time I can was give as a player to
1: figure out what, like what to, what to fucking do next. Like, yeah. cool. So I'm doing this, I'm doing that. I'm doing that. There was no downtime where it was like, we sit down with a slice of pizza and talk it, you know, yeah.
0: truly as a player, my best advice that I can give is like, sp- if you are given downtime, spend it doing a fucking beach episode with your party. Or a fucking bottle episode, or whatever you want to call yeah, it. I just like man. to call them those. But like, do something I mean, I fun. Call them
1: slice of life episode. Have a that, filler that's episode, slice like of a life slice episodes. of life.
0: A filler. I think that those are going to set the ground for really impactful moments later on, where you're going to be able to encourage someone to do something, and it means a lot more that you're encouraging them because of this shared history that you have, versus like the opposite. Um, mm. And I think that it's just something that's like I having that investment is so big. And I think it's something where you just got to find other people at the table that are kind of like on your, and and this is also coming from a perspective of like, we don't know what your table looks like as uh, two mm-hmm. hosts. Um, I'm kind of speaking from experience at our table. Fucking and good
1: idea of what the majority of them look like truly. <laughs> it's not that varied of an experience.
0: Uh, the table that we are playing at uh, is one that is, uh, I, I am, I'm the big like role play focused person. Yeah. Um, and like that's my favorite part of the game, and it is mm-hmm. not really everyone else at the table's favorite. And thats there's nothing wrong with that. No. Um, we
1: got our chess players. We got our combat, our combat buddies. You know, yeah. we got um, like, the the plot finders. Like
0: we play it. We play it a very classic D and D table mm-hmm. in my mind. It is yeah. A very, no, it is. Like, it
1: is very straight up.
0: A very uh, old school. Like when you imagine a table full of people playing D and D. Full of men. It, so it let that's, me, let's be honest. When you yeah, I
1: I a, didn't want to say it. A basement full of neck beards sitting in their basement <laughs> with slices of pizza and some beers like that. And then me. And then Madison, who's um, an actor.
0: Yeah. Uh so you know it's also a thing of like managing expectations, um, which we've talked about before several times on the show, of like kind of know what the the vibe is and what the like the the this is when you can help me out with a word,
1: like the theme, the feeling, the tone.
0: I don't know, man. Sorry. Um, no, <laughs> I'm just kind
1: of confused. What, like, what we were going for? I mean, I, I think don't know.
0: I have bits, but though. the the vibe or the feeling of like the table and what so other players are like wanting.
1: Question for you then: How, as in, try and give the most non actor answer I'll you you can. Try my best. Uh, I'm hearing a lot of, like, try and manage this, try and have a relationship, try and, like, look for things here and look for the things here. How?
0: Hey, this shit sucks. Do you have something you want to send in to make it better? Criticisms, topics you'd like to see discussed, or an advertisement you'd like to run? Maybe you even want to sponsor an
1: episode. If so, shoot us a message at mc460 at evansville.edu or DM us on Instagram at crescentmagazine. Or we'll never get better, like these fucking guys.
0: You have to metagame. Wow. You have to metagame a little. If you find the way that I like to do it, mm-hmm. the way that I like to approach it, as me, as Maddie, and this is not an actor answer. This is a legit Maddie answer. Um, I like legit to Maddie see answer. what the hooks are that I can dig my little uh, my little goblin hands into, and uh, rip Your and tear dice into. Dice goblin hands. I wasn't even gonna go there. I'm not a dice goblin, and she's I she's acknowledged by that.
1: she's a goblin. Um, you heard it here,
0: gremlin. Sorry, I'm a gremlin that fits better.
1: We can start saying dice gremlin if that makes we don't it feel need better. to say
0: dice gremlin. Anyway, if I know that a character, uh, I'm going to use the the fucking warlock and cleric example again. If I know that a character, mm-hmm. and I know as Maddie that this character is a warlock and has a fiend patron, even if my character doesn't know that, I know that that is going to make for a really interesting dynamic uh, because they are like conflicting. So I am going to have my character asking questions about the warlock's patron and be like oh that's eldritch blast i didn't know you were a warlock that's that's cool who's your patron
1: <laughs>
0: oh that's that's so neat have you ever considered our lord and savior
1: have you um ever or considered like finding a way to kind and of savior. like more so
0: that there so that's the way that I like to approach it is finding those hooks and finding where your character and another character could overlap mm-hmm. or your character and another character would have conflict and um, it, it hitting those things and hitting them as aggressively as possible. Um, <laughs> hitting I, them as
1: aggressively as possible. Well,
0: sometimes I don't think there's a lot of room in D&D for subtlety when it comes for players. I think a lot of the time we imagine and I think there's subtlety for
1: the people that have done it a long time. I think there is zero room for it when you are just trying to like play the game and you're not that experienced with it, you know?
0: Um, so I think the thing of like holding a secret and being Uh, edgy is great in theory, but I think- That's really
1: fucking stupid. Like I'll it's dumb. There's no reason for you to hold edgy boy secrets at a table where the whole reason you're there, both as a person and as a PC- Is to work together. Is to work together. Yeah. Yes, you can make a character in a background who's fundamentally opposed to working in groups. That doesn't mean that you get explicit permission to dick off Batman style the whole fucking game.
0: And we've talked about that several times. Um, I
1: think, to insert the DM2 since here, I think in terms of hooks to uh, speaking directly to the DMs, not so much to the players, working those hooks in as much as you can to connect the players I think is a really great way to do that too. Like, if you see an opportunity, <coughs> sorry, even if it's something that you haven't written but it's something you know can give them a connection, fucking take it, man. Like, mm-hmm. it is... A super easy switch to say instead of Sebastian going out and hanging with his uh, best friend who has very little connection to the rest of the party, Ricky. Instead, I'm going to have Sebastian go and hang out with his new best friend, uh, Parker, who's out there doing doing like the Lord's work and is also currently having a strained relationship with another party member. That's going to get everybody at least those two people. A lot more invested in that one interaction, mm-hmm. and it could eventually lead to some connecting and some hooking. Yeah. But if I had just said, "Cool, Sebastian, you're gonna go hang out with Ricky for the day," I mean, that player also has interest in Ricky, but Ricky's not also that player's best friend. So like, there's no, there's no connecting of the dots there. Like it's, yeah. Yes, self-contained, but also aid your players with feeling connected to one another by giving them similar fucking anything similar friends similar weapons similar powers relationships fucking partners plot hooks yeah you know and
0: i think it's something make
1: one character's arc necessary for another character's arc i
0: love doing shit like that and that's another thing that you can talk to player like other players at your table about is being like i would love for our characters to have this type of arc Mm. and that's like that just in general i didn't write this down but that's something that like I'm very pro is straight up having a conversation with either your player or your DM and say, hey, I want my character to have this type of arc. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's cheating. I think that that's actually incredibly helpful if you verbalize what you want.
1: Helps me on a lot, character. for
0: sure. And it like also gives, a, at least from my perspective, if I was DMing, I think it would give me kind of an idea and a direction of like where I can go and where I can take something mm-hmm. um, if I wanted to. And it also sets like a kind of clear expectation. There's another player at our table who I was like, I want our characters to be like really good friends. Like our characters are the two closest characters in age to each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're from the same part of town. Like, yeah, I that and we're both nice. like pretty new to the game. And every other character is like older than us by almost twenty years. Our characters should be good friends. Mm-hmm. Like by all means. So like next time that we've got downtime, let's hang out together, right. and like let's try and make these characters like friends because I think that there's sometimes like when we've done like one shots and stuff, I feel like all of our parties and like characters have meshed together so quickly because there's no time for like because also exposition. Make you all
1: like a pre-made group of people. Yeah, Where I go. You all have a bond before this. Here's yeah. the bond. Y'all know each other.
0: Yeah. And I think that that's also like something. But if you're like playing in a long form, like a long run campaign
1: where people have to find each other naturally and the party has to come together, I
0: think that's when it becomes more difficult. But I also think that you can like kind of take initiative Mm. there and be like, I've decided that this is our like dynamic. Another easy way to do that, like give another character a nickname. Like that's such an easy way to like establish like a familiarity and some sort of relationship.
1: And see, I think what keeps a lot of people from doing that kind of stuff though is that it feels cringy to them.
0: And I think if it's only cringy like if you make it,
1: Sebastian, you know, or like, C-Bass. or like D for Daisy Dance or some yeah. shit like that. Like that, like I don't know. It, so much of the role-playing issue when it comes to D and D is that we are not professional actors. Yeah, we have not been trained to get over that cringiness, and we are not willing to cross those social boundaries. Of which are like fundamentally required for us to cross in order to create yeah. sort of the best version of the game we can.
0: And I think that that's that's always going to be the biggest hurdle for people in indie. And D&D. there's
1: not gonna there's not a how to truly. I mean, yeah. there are, but like it's gonna be the same how to of like how to get over. Like I'm not gonna sit here and, and also
0: act like as someone who's in college. F- to be an actor i have those moments in my acting classes where i'm like this i feel like someone's about to pop maybe it's a result of like bullying in school but i feel like someone's (laughs) about to pop out and be like fucking got you you goddamn loser what the fuck are you doing oh my god you're really like pretending to be a squirrel right now you're pretending to be 80 percent squirrel 20 percent human that's fucking stupid which is a real exercise that we had to do in class by the way
1: fucking silly um
0: yeah it's silly but guess what it was some of the most fun i've ever had
1: credit to you man
0: And it's one of those things where, like, sometimes you got to figure out a way to, like, not be cringy. And I think my way of, like, kind of reaching that point is, like, I'm playing Dungeons and Dragons in a basement at a table with a a table full of men. (laughs) What else is left? I have nowhere else to fall.
1: Playing Magic the (laughs) Gathering.
0: I have nowhere, truly. (laughs) <laughs> truly the only way that I could make it weirder for myself and sadder for myself is if I joined you all for your game of Magic the Gathering after of which I used to play with you all. So I've already reached that low point. Yeah. I think truly and this is my best way to get over it and I mean this with love. You're already playing Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. You're not you don't have to worry about being the coolest person
1: in the room. Well, and it's like that step of forming those really personal connections is such a small like if you've already managed to get the table You've already managed to say something in character. You've already managed to make a background and have a shtick and a story and a style. What difference is it going to make for you if we're talking about feeling sort of socially anxious to ask that person, not in an accent, not in a voice, it just as you playing as that character? Are you want to get a slice of pizza? No. Yeah. It's not. Like, it's not. Like, it's not. I it's promise not, you that no is the
0: least weird thing that you were doing.
1: Truly. Really? And it's going to make everyone else feel like, wow, we're playing, like, in a real world. Because there's no real world where you're going to risk your life with these people and then not, like, also hang out with them.
0: Yeah. And I'll tell you what the lamest thing that you can do at the table is not
1: That's care. why we're just shitting on people who just don't roleplay.
0: <laughs> I mean, it definitely sounds like it. Um, and maybe I am you a You don't role play?
1: Fuck you. <laughs> you're the loser. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, truly, I think, and like when someone's putting themselves out there, the worst thing you can do is also not put yourself out there because you're gonna look infinitely more like a fucking loser. So if sorry, someone you play is like, at our
1: table. I can't <laughs> say that. Well, no, but like on that point of like worst thing you could do is not put yourself out there. Most of the motherfuckers at our table are just like a little scared to put themselves out there. I, I mean, know. I think this is the one semester where people are like finally coming out of their shell and, and like really role playing. But before that. They were the people that like, it was not putting themselves. Out I'm there. not
0: gonna lie. I'm not gonna sit here and pretend I met like you it's, Batman
1: in a cave.
0: I'm not gonna sit here and pretend like that is not something that I struggle with at our table. But I know the people at our table, and I love them. You're messing with the document.
1: I am messing with it. Um,
0: okay, and uh, don't stare at me while you do it, you fucking freak. Um, and I think that that's something that like I've had to deal with, and that's like going back to dealing with expectations. How long are you gonna do this bit, Robert? <laughs>
1: Ah, long enough for my brain to turn on.
0: Okay. Um, well, speaking of which, I mean, this is going to get kind of like into DM uh, territory here. Ooh. Um, if we're doing useful. an episode called Character Relationships, I feel like we also have to address like the other type of relationships uh, that kind of exist in the game, um, which are very common in a lot of tables that uh, have not happened really at ours yet. Uh, romantic, relationships. romantic relationships. We
1: finally got a couple. We got a we got a couple inklings in this one.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to see how things happen oh, uh, this so time around. Though, that, like,
1: there's no reason why like Sebastian and Daisy should not be semi interested in one another. Y'all are the same age. We <laughs> both know that you are attractive in the game, but because yes. you two as players are so absolutely not. No. Never gonna happen. Yeah, it's, it's never one gonna of those happen. Th- <laughs> <laughs> like there's so many times where I'm like sitting it's like there. you put Beast Boy and Raven in a room, how do you expect the two of them not <laughs> to like hang out and talk to one another and yeah. kinda like flirt a little bit? I well, mean, we got two people. We've managed to do that. To fit the demographic. And they don't even acknowledge that the other person no, is like semi-attractive or also in the same and, profession. And this is
0: like we, where we as a table are the polar opposite of like so many other D and D tables, which is like so many other tables. It's like yeah, you flirt with your friends, and you you and your friend make little Roll characters, for milfs. and they fall in love, and it's so cute. Our table, and I mean this with love. It is the, I, I love everyone at our table. Well, I mean, there's
1: something, there's something that's a little there. That's a little weird about flirting with your male friend or female. Yeah. Friend, if you are the opposite gender.
0: Yeah. And I think that that's like one of the biggest hurdles at our table is we are a, it is a. Um, in our
1: male, our male players will just straight up touch each other at the table. Don't yeah. fuck.
0: Yeah. And it's something where like, i's, I, this is one of the situations where like, I'm sorry. I have a twister in my mouth. Robert, you talk for like 10
1: seconds. I'll talk for 10 seconds. Um, So I think when talking about the DM perspective, uh, specifically when you're looking at romantic relationships, I don't have a lot of expertise with it. You want to know why? Because nobody at our table has dared to cross that line. But we've gotten close this semester, and it's only really happened with a couple of different people, and it's basically just like this. Will they? Won't they?
0: Yeah.
1: I made Aunt May or Batman. And Batman rolled, like, a like, 23. And then basically it was, like, your lips are the color of roses and then proceeded to turn around and, like, basically have a panic attack and vomit. Like, on a 23. And that was, like,
0: we're not sure if that was the player or the character in that moment.
1: 100%. But, like, it's difficult because romantic relationships are, like, the ultimate private, like, connection that you can have with another person. For the same reason that, like, Guys will play grab ass, but guys also won't talk about their feelings with one yeah. another. There's a line there that is, like, fundamentally not to be crossed. Yeah. And people are just as scared about crossing that line at the table, too. Yeah.
0: And I think at our specific table, it's it's an interesting thing of talking about, like, you know, it is a table full of uh, male friends that have been friends for a while and then me. Uh-huh. And, and it's really uh, difficult
1: to separate the fact, like, reality yeah. from the game.
0: And it's one of those situations where it's like, that's a weird thing to navigate. Of, like, me being at the table because I'm not playing
1: Sebastian and Daisy and and Madison playing, sorry, Maddie and Maddie playing Daisy start flirting with one another at the table. It's kind of like, okay, (laughs) this is gross to watch. Yeah. And I know it feels gross on their part because they're basically like brother and sister.
0: Yeah. And it is one of those things of like, I'm playing at a table full of my brothers. Um,
1: Yeah. So you're not going to be like, hey, brother, you're like kind (laughs) of cute.
0: Absolutely not. Um, uh, and that's something where like you have a conversation with your DM, uh, and that's like when your, your other start players, you
1: hot NPCs to flirt with.
0: Yeah. Um, and it was like the closest that we had to like a romantic relationship. Um, in our previous campaign was still like it was never spoken about. Like it was never acknowledged. It was like there were a couple jokes from like NPCs. Which one? Uh, and Magnolia. Oh, yeah. Like there were jokes from NPCs. Um, because there was like a uh, like they were definitely they were like a thing. sharing a room. They
1: just like never acknowledged it at the table or no, game, you because know because it
0: would be weird. They got married. They straight up got married in that last fight. Uh
1: oh, yeah, but not really.
0: Yeah, but like not still, married for
1: the buff, not like yeah, walk yeah. Down the no, it was for the it was for they, the like
0: the bonus points, but like um,
1: got married. You said like y'all like got fucking like had a whole ceremony. We got
0: no. Um it was so we could do a really cool thing and that it didn't happen. Um yeah. but it was one of those things where it's like, like everyone knew. Yeah. And it but it was like any time that I as Magnolia tried to like talk about feelings with that specific character, it got shut down so fucking fast.
1: Because that player in real life is a little scared of those feelings <laughs> sometimes.
0: And that's one of those things where like it's it, you gotta feel out the comfort of the Just people that you're playing with. You know? and see like what they're okay with and like where the line is between the table and real life Just which a i think guy. that some players and some tables are able to do a lot easier than others uh, we existed a table where some things are a little Four bit more men, difficult.
1: more men one woman uh yeah uh, yep.
0: it is it is such a table it be is a great setup for a porno jesus it's christ not for
1: a DD table you know no. why cuz every dick is in every pant firmly zipped the fuck up at all times where is this g- what I'm saying that in so many other situations, there is plenty of room for cross-pollination here, and there yeah. is zero at a D&D table. Correct. And it's infuriating to watch. Correct. Ah. And
0: it is something where like I as a player am like a little conflicted because I'm someone who like at my other like I tables that note. I've played at.
1: Is it weird? Or are you making it weird? And
0: that's the thing. I think it's I think that this is one of those things where like it's only weird if you make it weird. But also on the flip side, I've like
1: Any There's a no reason your significant other is gonna go like, yeah, but you can't have like really a female friend. Yeah. Like, you're not, I'm not really going to let you guys like cuddle in bed just because it feels nice as people. Yeah.
0: And I think it's one of those things where if you have like, I think that you can have romantic relationships like as characters at a table with like mixed uh, genders. Mixed genders. um, Just because, and I'm saying that only in the terms of like that is the table that I play at. Uh Um, Uh I think that that is okay. But I'm also an actor, and I also like
1: mm-hmm. have
0: conversations at the table of like this is what we should do because we had conversations earlier this year where, where you were talking about how you wanted to introduce like romantic interests, um, in this and campaign. I tried.
1: And then it, it ran away from me like a fucking <laughs> like just train off the track, dude. Yeah. Like,
0: uh, and like we've talked a couple times about a possible um like a romance setup for Daisy in the future because that is something that I like want to happen. Uh, everyone thinks around. it's gonna
1: be her best friend.
0: Uh, everyone thinks that.
1: I think Daisy thinks that too. I think Daisy's trying hard enough for there to be something there, and Parker is just.
0: I think she loves Parker in a specific
1: way. But I think if Parker was like, "Hey, I like you in a in a, in a different kind of specific way," I don't know. I don't think I... there's a world in where Daisy's like zero interest, never, never, ever.
0: It, it, it maybe I don't know. That's something that'll be explored at the table. But I or jury. I, I think that that would be more fun. <laughs> I infinitely think, like genuinely, that is uh, I but think then one of the I have opportunities. to
1: flirt with you at the table. I
0: mean, you also play Parker. Scary! Yeah, and, and that's weird shit, and that's yeah. weird shit, and you've got you you to deal with that. And are you making it weird
1: or is it just weird? <laughs> I, think <laughs>
0: both, I think both. I think both. I think both. Both can exist.
1: Hundred percent. And
0: it's one of those tricky things. Um, of like, I have so much respect for like the critical role cast and the Dimension Twenty cast, and watching. We're just
1: flirting and fucking all oh over the place. Oh my
0: god, it's insane. Yeah, they, they do have it like so well, and they're like character romances are like. They're like romance novels. It's like
1: fleshed out, fully it's there,
0: intense, uh-huh. and they're like their their wives and husbands are at the table with them, yeah, like critical role. There are <laughs> multiple crazy. married couples, at, yeah. there are two married couples at that table. And let me tell you, you want to know who hypes up their relationships with other PCs more shit, than anyone else? Their fucking husband. When I tell you Travis was hyped as fuck for fucking Vex and Percy, that shit was adorable. Like no one was more excited about that romance than he was. Um Max like I so fun. so much respect for like that whole like mm-hmm. the idea of like you can like form like these really cool, like fleshed out relationships. Yeah. Um
1: But I, I think kinda getting back to why there's such an emphasis on those kinds of relationships is like if I say roll a D twenty for your last saving throw and you fail and you have no relationship to anybody in the party and you're like, damn. That sucks. That sucks for you because like you don't get to play the rest of this combat encounter. We're gonna go back to what we were doing, but yeah. like, wow, that really sucks.
0: Versus like your husband watches you fall from uh-huh. across the battlefield. Like that sh- that shit's got intrigue.
1: I wanna go into a rage, like you know, and then it's fun, yeah. and it's a whole thing.
0: I think it's also for me. As like a person and a skin in the game, who's dude. made like a million characters, and even like not in D and D fashion, have done a thing where like I've created the character and worked with other people who've created the character in that same world, and we like work and like flesh out a story together, and blah blah ah. blah. Um uh, romantic relationships are always a fun thing to do because they're just fun to play. Like as a Mm -hmm. as a player, as like an actor, as a creator, those type of relationships are so important. Yeah. And I think that there's a lot of emphasis on those in our culture. And I think that's why people gravitate towards them, which I think is also when everyone at the table's like, No, Daisy's gotta be in love with Parker. And I'm like, is that the case? Or does she just have a really deep relationship with him and we just have so much emphasis on romantic relationships? So
1: I have a question as a culture. For both of us how it's it's about one of the points on here which is how to encourage difference in non-positive relationships without pvp Mm -hmm. how do you as a player approach a situation where in character another character fully like steps to you and is like i don't agree with the decision you just made i don't like you as a person we're in a party this is a very loose relationship and in this moment right here and right now i'm calling you on your shit
0: Cool.
1: How do you take that in a non PvP route if that is not the direction that you wish to go without blowing up the fucking party?
0: Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna sound like a bitch right now. I'm gonna need more specifics. So, I, and only because I think that it it's something that varies from situation. So let's to say situation.
1: let's say with like um like a magnolia situation. It never really happened I mean it happened a couple times, but it never really like really, really, really really, really happened. So let's say a rogue goes and like robs a bank. Mm -hmm. and paladin like picks up on it last minute because rogue drops like i don't know a piece like a jewel on the way in the door of their hideout and then paladin confronts that that rogue that evening and everyone at the table knows including person playing character who is rogue and person playing character who is paladin that like their ideologies their personalities have already been on opposite ends of the spectrum and this is like the straw that breaks the camel's back how do you not have it end up in a party blow up or a situation where you both as people just go, we're not going to acknowledge that?
0: Here is how I, as a player.
1: Without it turning into, cool, we're fighting each other.
0: I know. I'm Here's how I, as a player, would handle that type of situation. And this is, like, I'm going to be, like, going, like, in full detail of, like, the actions that I would take. Mm-hmm. I think that a way to, like, explore or avoid that would be something along the lines of, I would take that character. I would do a private confrontation. Yeah. And I would, I still think you can have a full speech and you can have a full step up moment of, I know what the fuck you're doing.
1: Mm. And it's
0: not okay and I'm not going to do with it. I think that the way that you get out of it being PvP is relying on outside circumstances. I think going and leaning, like, into this person and being like, hey, motherfucker. We have bigger stakes at play.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We are on the middle of like hun- we are in the middle of hunting down this fucking dragon that has burned down my grandma's village, <laughs> and I am not letting you and your dumbass decisions get in the way of that. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to tell you right now, I do not like you. We like this, and as soon as our time as a party is done, I will deal with that.
1: So then, what do you do when the other player? not clearly picking up on because this is this happens with us with the fucking time at the table. What happens when the other person goes, you know what? No. No, this is this is a problem. This is a standing problem. It needs to be dealt with right here, right now. I don't fuck with this whole let's do it later bullshit. You're gonna call me out on my stuff. Nah. That's not the route we're going.
0: Uh well one, I think that's a moment where you as a player, or this is what I would do. As a player, I would look at that other player and go, what the fuck are you doing? Like real life? Hey, this is Maddie right now, bro. We can't do this. <laughs> I, that is always an option. And I do want to yeah. put that out there just straight I up agree. because, because we had a moment at the table where I was getting a little like, huh? Yeah. Uh, come on, with the situation. Come and on. I like fully broke and was like, Hey, this is Maddie talking to the other person at the table. What are we doing right now? Mm-hmm. Is this really what we're doing? Because I'm not spending 20 minutes doing this in real time. Um, So we're going to move on. I agree. I I think genuinely having your player disengage or having a player be like, you're not, because you can go, I'm the bigger person and I'm not going to fight you. Or you can be like, you can kind of take like the petty around and be like, you're not even fucking worth the effort that I'm putting in.
1: I think Um, the outside extenuating circumstances is almost always going to be your best default in that situation. To answer my own question, I think being like, hey, there are just things that are bigger than us right now and for the sake of getting through this, like, yeah, we will PvP on the second to last session. You bet yeah. your ass. I'll be there. Time and place <laughs> at this, like, specific tree where we met, me and you, fucking yeah. no holds bar. One person walks away, one person doesn't. Uh, but then being like, you know, but we have shit to do right now. Yeah, I think as a DM, how I would handle that situation if, like, two people were, like, dead set or one person is very clearly like, I don't want to BVP either because they know they're going to lose or because it's not the right thing to happen. And one person is like, no, let me hit them. I'm asking you to roll for initiative. Let me hit them. I think, uh, Truly, I think, as a DM, that's a situation where you just have to go, you know what? Not right now. Yeah. Not right now. Like, Or that's when you're like, and suddenly somebody knocks on the door. I was going to say, that's or, another thing with extenuating uh, circumstances. Or suddenly, like the other two PCs who have been in the wings watching this argument go down walk back into the house or show up at the hideout or you hear an explosion or your your sending stone begins to vibrate. Like that's when you have to like throw a fucking wrench right in between them and be like, there's something else bigger than you all right now. If your players aren't I don't want to say not intelligent enough, but if your players aren't like perceptive enough. Yeah, if they aren't there to pick it up, you put it down in front of them. Yeah. You go, no.
0: And I think that's something that you as a player can also do if you see this happening with two other players. You can yeah, fucking like, jump in. Can I just like, yeah, that's
1: you that's when you go to your DMU, can I just walk in right now? Can yeah. I just like I have pizza,
0: guys? Yeah. And it's something that you're gonna like read differently at every table in every situation because maybe this is a moment where you do want PvP to happen. And
1: I would say always ask permission in that yeah. kind of situation though, because there are definitely times where like two players are having their thing and yes, it could be disastrous, but they also want to play it out. And so to just have another PC who's, like, fully uninvolved in this situation go, and suddenly I walk in.
0: That just feels very, like, okay. Yeah,
1: like, you didn't ask permission to do that. Yes, we live in a world where that could happen. No, this is not your moment. Fully ask your DM in this moment, or even ask the players, hey, guys, can I walk in in this moment to, like, defuse or yeah. just to be, like, comedic relief from something? Most yeah. times you'll get told yes. Yeah.
0: Uh, and I think just, uh, oh my gosh, I had like a whole thought and then it just fucking slipped.
1: Gone. To the ether.
0: Truly. That ass? That yeah. ass. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, anyway. Oh, this is another one. Just fun character relationships that you can explore within your party. And this is just me kind of rattling off tropes that I like. Um. Buddy cop. A buddy cop is, it, it will always be one of the funniest fucking things.
1: Mm-hmm. One of
0: my personal favorite is, like, the reformed villain buddy cop situation where, like, <laughs> like the vibe in like, Thor Ragnarok where, like, Loki and Thor like, mm, working together working again.
1: Together. Yeah. And it's,
0: like, one person clearly doesn't want to be here and does not agree with the rules and the way that we're doing this. But, God, fucking, I have to do this. And now mm-hmm. you just have, like, a party full of clerics and then they're one fucking, like, warlock friend who doesn't want to be there. That's so funny. Yeah, I don't want to
1: be here any more than you all want. That is to be always
0: there. so funny and that is always a funny like party dynamic. Um
1: funny, haha. Huh?
0: I think that a parent character is always fucking funny, whether that be a literal parent or just a character that is like fully taking the role of being like Okay, guys. Like
1: Dad, Batman. Yeah,
0: like like the mom friend or the dad friend or Dad Batman. Like that is also infinitely gonna be kind of like a funny thing, and I think it gives everyone just equal like a opportunity. little opportunity.
1: Little side note here too. This is something that I've just just now in this moment decided I wanted to do, but also something I would encourage other DMs to think about doing. Don't be afraid to do like a little like a little mid campaign check in with your players. You know, uh, that could be hey, there's this plot line that I gave you, and you just sort of fucked off with it. I don't know if you remember it. I don't know if you're intentionally ignoring it. I can't force you to go after it. But, like, hey, maybe at the end of that rainbow, there's a pot of gold waiting for you, and it's pretty cool. And I just wanted you to I wanted you to pick that up because, like, maybe that person is, like, voicing a lot of disgruntled, I'm not getting any, you know, any attention or any focus or any this or any that. And if you, if you as a DM have, like, thrown it out there, breadcrumbs and they've just like stepped all over that shit hey bro breadcrumbs breadcrumbs they're still there i left them there for you yeah at this point i'm giving it to you in a fucking present like just pick it up i think in the same way if there are relationships that you want your players to explore or certain kinds of role play that you would like players to emphasize um doing those check-ins too i think would really would really really be helpful um like in this moment, my my thought was I kind of want to tell Dad Batman guy to be a little bit more dad like because I feel like yeah. that's how he's positioned himself, but he's not really stepping into that role any other way than being like, "Here's money for your problems." And I personally would love to see him be anything other than "Here's money for your problems." You know what I'm saying? Uh, same thing with like a couple of the other characters. Just general feedback being like, "Be more this, be less that." Yeah. I like this. I like this direction that we're going. What can we do with it? You don't always have to just leave it up to your players to like stumble into some role playing or relationship gold. You can also just be like, hey, I can see it because I got big picture. Maybe lean a little more on this. Maybe go pick up that. Maybe do a little insight check, a little perception check on that thing. Ask this person out to coffee. Yeah. Maybe something will happen. You know? Magical. Metagame. Um, just metagame. You yeah. can do that. That's allowed.
0: Truly. Um, I think there's so many like of those fun like meta things, and like you can also just like pick a fucking trope or like a concept and like straight up like just tell it to build- your party. Yeah. Or just
1: build your character to like as a player, build your character around a trope, and just let yeah, let everyone know.
0: Like I think another one of the like really good ones are like ones that are always funny, are, like the 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 like unlikely pair. Um, of like two characters that seem so fucking different, but are like besties.
1: Mm-hmm. That's
0: always funny. If you look at like Pike and Grog from uh, yeah, that was Vox my, Machina, that's
1: the first example that came to my mind. Like
0: that is always funny. If you have like the this big hulking like scary character and this like tiny little like sunshine character, that's so funny. Or like a like a, a overly pessimistic fucking like asshole jaded character and like a fucking sunshine, like a goddamn ray of sunshine. That's mm-hmm. so funny. Yeah. Like all of those things are really fun.
1: Um you be afraid to to mix it up
0: uh what are other like i immediately like normally I'm so good at like having tropes and shit, and I've like lost all of them instantly
1: uh I think oh Jesus, other tropes fuck's sake, I mean there are so many of them um. <laughs> I think, yeah, the buddy cop one is just funny as fuck. I think having two people in, like, unrelated jobs, like, come together and then be like, oh, shit, you're also in the system? Or, like, even yeah. having that like, you've always been there, the characters that had every reason to meet and never met until yeah, this it's moment.
0: it's like, oh, my God, wait, you're from, like, uh-huh. two blocks over. Yeah,
1: or having That's those crazy. little connections happen behind the scene where, wait, like. Wait, you know
0: so and such? I know so uh-huh. and such. You
1: know Ricky? I know Ricky. You're from the, I'm from the fringes, too. Yeah. It's shit living here? Yeah, it's shit living here. That's like, like,
0: that shit, just do stuff that you find (laughs) funny. Legitimately, that's what this boils down to. Yeah. Do shit that you find funny.
1: 100%.
0: Like, that's truly where you're gonna have the most fun in the game.
1: Comedy's where it's at, dude. Speaking of comedy, thank you all for listening to another episode of Table Talk. We will see you again soon. (laughs) Bye. I like to think of us as comedians. I'm sorry, are we not? Is that not what we are?
0: No, I like to think I'm a comedian.
1: And see, that's where the real comedy's at.
0: I will kill you.